Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, yeah. I have an urge to give some stuff away. The forecast calls for swag. How about a four-pack of tickets? To go see the Twins play Oakland on Friday, May 6th. By then, it may actually be up in the 60s. Wouldn't that be nice? Hey, any any chance you have to get to Target Field, that's a good day. That's a good evening. A four-pack of tickets, Twins versus Oakland, May 6th. Be caller number three to win. And a reminder, you can hear the Twins take on the Tigers this evening on our sister station, 102.9 The Wolf. Uh, CCO, we will be running game five of the playoff game with the Timberwolves and the Grizzlies from Memphis this evening. And uh, very much looking forward to that. And hopefully a good night for Wolves fans. The Wolves pregame starts at 6 o'clock. Don't go anywhere. I want to talk a little bit about Twitter. You may have heard the world's richest man, Elon Musk, bought Twitter for $44 billion. He's taking it private. It will be a private company here within a few months when he closes. He doesn't own it yet. There's a process. They think by the end of the year, Musk will own Twitter. And he tweeted out the following. I hope that even my worst critics remain on Twitter. Because that is what free speech means. A Pew poll from last summer reveals that roughly two out of three Twitter users lean Democratic, compared to 30% of Twitter users who lean Republican. And by the way, little perspective, 23% of Americans are on Twitter. 23%. It's tiny compared to the 66% of Americans who use Facebook. There are questions, uh, Elon Musk, mercurial, you know, a unique individual, a genius. Yeah, absolutely. Few would dispute that. But uh, we'll see what he can do with Twitter. He talks a lot about free speech and wanting to get free speech back on the platform. And a lot of Republicans are cheering him on hoping that uh, somehow he can level the playing field. There are questions about whether Musk will reactivate former President Donald Trump's Twitter account, which was suspended early last year for violating Twitter policies against inciting violence following the Capitol riot. The 
former president, uh, Donald Trump, said that he's not interested in coming back to Twitter. But we will see. Expect the unexpected, right? Max Berger wrote the following about Elon Musk buying Twitter. The wealthiest man in the world single-handedly controlling the digital town square is freedom of speech is what they want you to believe. It's not about content moderation. It's about who controls the means of distributing information in our society. And I would say, look, if you rely on Twitter for your news, you're in trouble. Just like if you entirely rely on Fox News for your information, you're in trouble. Or CNN or MSNBC or any individual news source. I think you want to diet, at least my take, hopefully you're consuming different forms of information. Somebody said uh, to me recently, Paul, most of us don't want the truth. We want information that confirms our beliefs. And I hadn't thought of it that way, but there's probably some truth to that. I, I, look, I think it's good to have a, um, a balanced diet of information. Left, right, right down the middle. Don't go deep into the weeds with any one single information source. But um, it, it'll be interesting. Look, it, it, freedom of speech, correct me if I'm wrong, applies to the government not coming after you for something you said. Twitter could it it still is a you know a corporation and a private company it's it's not the government it's Twitter and they can make their own rules their own terms and conditions and uh, if you incite violence if you incite hate speech there is no freedom for that. And so we'll see what happens under Elon Musk. I'm keeping an open mind. I hope he's good for the platform. I believe in free speech. All of us should have our say. And you're also accountable for your free speech. If you say something stupid or offensive or you provide misinformation. So we'll see. But I'm, I'm curious because earlier today, Jordana Green interviewed Professor Jane Kirtley at the Hubbard School of Journalism and Mass Communication at the University of Minnesota, specifically about Twitter. When we come back, some of the things she said that made me do a double take when we come back on CCO. <laughs> I always like it when <laughs> billionaires troll other billionaires. After it was announced that... Uh, Elon Musk purchased Twitter for $44 billion. Apparently, Jeff Bezos tweeted out something about China and the town square and basically alluding to censorship and wondering what Elon Musk will do about China. Um, no free speech in China. Nope. And uh, a lot of people talk about censorship here in the United States, that certain voices are being censored. And I, I struggle with that because, I look, everybody should have their say, but nobody has a right to hate speech. Nobody has a right to incite violence, just like you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. I guess you could do that once, then you'll wind up in jail. So there are limits, right, for the common good. Earlier today, 
Jordana is filling in 9 to noon this week, and Jordana Green had on Professor Jane Kirtley. She's the uh, Scylla Professor of Media Ethics and Law at the Hubbard School of Journalism and Mass Communication at the University of Minnesota. And Jordana asked Professor Kirtley, what was her reaction to the sale? I thought he was going to be able to pull it off. I would be fascinated to know who's lending him the money uh, that he's mm. apparently getting. It could be coming from offshore interests, and I'd love to know what those are. I I think the big change is going to be uh, whether uh, Twitter is going to go back to trying to be a gatekeeper or whether they're going to jettison all of that uh, over the years. Uh, Twitter employees have put up a lot of um, safeguards to try to protect people from misinformation, from uh, incitement to violence, things like that. Of course, Musk says this is going to become a, a worldwide free speech zone. Um, he certainly can say that's what's going to happen, but one thing that I'm not sure he's paying a lot of attention to is that in Europe, um, the Digital Service Act and other legislation is going to be taking him and similar social media organizations head on. And you know, if he wants a string of fines and lawsuits, he can do that. But otherwise, he's going to have to abide by their rules and regulations. Hadn't thought about that. Yeah, Europe is years ahead of us when it comes to privacy and attempting to regulate big tech and social media. Jordana also asked Professor Kirtley a question about how Elon wants to open up Twitter. If Elon Musk says all legal speech should be allowed on Twitter, is he aware that it's legal to advocate for underage sex with children? It's unethical and gross and currently violates Twitter's terms of service, but it's legal. So he asks, will that be allowed? What do you think? Yeah, that's a huge question. Um, you know, does he really mean it when he says completely unfettered? I mean, there's a difference between free speech and um, what I would call irresponsible speech. Different people mm-hmm. would have definitions of that, that that would differ, of course. But, you know, there is a lot of uh, stuff out there in the uh, Internet world that, you know, is not really legal content and it's not protected under the First Amendment. So he's going to have to uh, straddle a delicate line. And and the other factor, of course, is what's he going to do about advertisers? There's some word that he may get rid of advertisers, but that's mm-hmm. an important uh, factor economically for the success of a platform like that. If he drives away advertisers with uh, because he's losing uh, subscribers, then it's not going to be successful operations. You know, you, you can say you believe in free speech. I'm not sure that his definition of free speech is the same as mine, because it's ultimately, uh, I think, uh, speech without any responsibility at all. Interesting. And by the way, the former president, Donald Trump, uh, continues to insist that he's going to be posting on Truth Social, uh, the new social media platform that, that he launched. And uh, it's not getting much traction right now, but we'll see. And who knows? I mean, things change hour by hour. Jane Kirtley also predicted what might happen when Elon Musk actually takes over Twitter. The most 
powerful force here is going to be the public reaction to this. If it becomes a real cesspool, and you know maybe it won't, but if, I'm assuming it will become a cesspool. And if that happens, people are going to go away. Um, I mean, there's always going to be people that will find that attractive, but I think it's a much smaller percentage of his current uh, users than he would have now. I've also seen people expressing concern about Musk, you know, richest man in the world, having access to all of the data, uh, personal data that mm. belongs to the people that have been uh, users of Twitter. It would give me some concern about that. I mean, some would say that ship has sailed, but you know, I personally find Musk pretty erratic, hard to figure out. Um, doesn't seem to be governed by norms that drive other businessmen. Some people would say that's a good thing, but um, we've already had enough trouble with social media companies um, asking forgiveness rather than permission before they do stuff with people's personal data. So speaking personally, I would tread very carefully in continuing to use Twitter after this happens. Yeah, I'm, you know, wait and see. Let's let's see what happens. Uh, Jane Curtley also talked more about free speech. What's really going on there? This is indicative of kind of the perverse interpretation of the words free speech. As you and I have talked about before, in the United States, we, we speak of that in terms of government censorship and the fact that the government does not have authority to, to censor most speech. Very different from what a privately owned, especially if he's going to turn this private as he claims he's going to, a privately owned platform could choose to do. They can choose to curate. People may or may not disagree or agree with it, but if they disagree, they can go elsewhere. This cry that totally irresponsible speech that is harmful and dangerous and lies, that we need a platform that supports that, I simply don't agree with that. I think curation is appropriate. The key, of course, is who's going to do that. And that's why I'd like to see the proliferation of many platforms, not just two or three. And that was Professor Jane Kirtley, Professor of Media Ethics and Law at the Hubbard School of Journalism and MassCom at the University of Minnesota. And DJ, I don't know if you have an opinion about this. I mean, cable news, you know, what flavor news do you watch? I mean, that has divided us. We used to agree. Most Americans would agree on the basic facts. But with the rise of Fox and the rise of MSNBC, now you could choose, you know, what flavor news do you want? Uh, you know, leaning right or leaning left? CNN, I always thought was down the middle, but I'm not so sure anymore. And now social media has balkanized information even more. We're, we're all living in our own little bubble, our own tribes, uh, consuming the information that we want that makes us feel better about our beliefs. Do you have an opinion about any of this? Absolutely. Care? Yeah. It makes me want to go outside and turn off my phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It just, as I hear that, it's like there's this extremely valuable thing that the richest man in the world wants to buy. And what is it in a sense? It's access into the device that's always at my fingertips. Mm -hmm. And he wants access to me. And my device and my data and my opinion and my actions online that then, you know, pull at the purse strings of companies around the country and around the world. And that's valuable to him. And it makes me want to unsubscribe and and uh, uh, delete that off my phone and, you know, go outside and skip rocks instead. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> I've never I've never heard anybody ever say, you know, Paul, I, I read this tweet, and I changed my mind. I mean, really? 
Does anybody change their mind, whether it's a post from Uncle Fred on Facebook or an incendiary tweet? I I, I just I, how do we find common no. ground? Yeah. How do we compromise? How do we improve the lives of more Americans? It, it isn't through, you know, flaming tweets. Yeah, but we we don't say that. But that's the um, that's the devious nature of of advertising in some cases and also of misinformation on Twitter is that, you know, we didn't change our minds. But look, there's a reason that. Political candidates spend tons of money on influencing us, and a lot of that is on social media. Or there's a reason that, you know, the Russians tried to impact our elections because you don't know it's happening. You get into this loop of information and you go deeper and deeper and deeper, and you don't think your mind is being changed, but it is all at the same time. And that's why it's so yeah. dangerous. You think you're just, oh, yeah, this is what I believe. Click, click, click. Oh, I guess this is more of what I believe. And you don't think your mind is being changed, but it is. That happens on YouTube, too. You yes. can go down a oh, pretty yeah. Yeah. dark well pretty quickly and, on YouTube and as they suggest more videos. Yes, and again, it's what, driven by and, the dollars. It's them. driven by the money. To keep you on the platform. And and ponies and unicorns and, and videos of cats do not keep you on the platform. Right? Angry tweets, mm-hmm. angry posts, emotion, anger primarily keeps you banging away on yeah. your keyboard and fear exposed to more ads yeah god help us well we'll see we'll see what elon musk does i'm, I'm going to keep an open mind as if i have a choice and if it does turn into a cesspool you know i'll find something else to do i'm going to go back to myspace do you remember myspace <laughs> i never had one but sure i remember myspace <laughs> it's coming back yeah you know who's coming back henry lake previewing tonight's playoff game with the wolves next all back with you. Hope your Tuesday is going well and you're not in trouble. Uh, let's see. The Twins playing the Tigers this evening on the Wolf 102.9. And, of course, right here, your Timberwolves station, we are uh, playing the Grizzlies-Wolves game pregame at 6 and tip-off at 640. And somebody who knows a thing or two about the Timberwolves and and fan reaction, it has been a roller coaster whiplash season for Wolves fans, and we wanted to invite Henry Lake on to get his perspective. He always has a, an opinion, and that's what I appreciate about Henry. Hey, Henry, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. How's your whiplash? <laughs> well, I should have... I should have a doctor look at that. And and I Henry, I want I want to apologize about the weather even though I have nothing to you know I don't make this crap. I try to predict it. I'm I'm as upset as you are. I know you like it hot, right? Oh, I love it hot. I'm waiting. I'm eagerly awaiting 90s. Even yeah. 100 degree weather, but it'll come when it comes. I'm not going to complain. Well, yeah. I mean, Complain about the things you can change, right? I mean, we're all we're all on the same ride, and uh, it'll heat up when it heats up. And can you talk? I know you hear from a lot of Wolves fans who go from euphoria to depression in the span of twenty four hours. Um, how has this been for you to cover this season? Oh, it's been a lot of fun. Like this was. This has been one of the more fun Timberwolves seasons that I've ever covered the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I say that because coming into this season, I didn't really know what the expectations were. I didn't know 
whether we should think that this team is going to make some massive leap, um, if they will be stuck into being a bad team like they were last season. I just didn't know where this was going. You know, it's the the actual, like, the first real season of having head coach Chris Finch. You knew that you didn't have because he was he was hired at the midway point last year. Um, and so he was, you know, he's still relatively new to the organization and to the state of Minnesota. Um, you have an offseason in which you don't have a big-time free agent signing, so you didn't spend money that way. You made a couple of minor trades to get some veterans in here, both Patrick Beverly and Torian Prince, and you didn't have any draft picks in last year's draft. So everybody else is adding shiny new pieces to their team, and we didn't do that because we didn't have any draft picks. So I didn't know what to expect. For this team to double their their win total and be as good as they've been has been a pleasant surprise. Curious to get your reaction to something Colin Cowherd said on Fox Sports. He basically compares Anthony Edwards' trajectory to uh, Dwayne Wade. And let me just mention what he said. He said, Ant has some advantages over D. Wade. He's a better shooter. Translation, he won't drive to the rim as much and have collisions with bigger bodies. Secondly, he came into the NBA one year earlier. And third, nutrition and training standards are much higher today than 20 years ago when Dwayne Wade walked into the league. Do you think that's a a fair and apt comparison? Well, I think that when you look at what you just laid out, because that's my first time hearing it, um, now the comparison about their games, spot on. Because Dwayne Wade was fearless, reckless, always driving to the basket. And when he came into the league, he was not known as a guy that was going to knock down a ton of perimeter shots. Anthony Edwards, and, and people really kind of complained to me, and they said, Lake, did you watch him at Georgia? And I'm like, did you watch him at Georgia? Because he can shoot the basketball. So don't tell me that he can't. Well, what about his shooting percentage? you got to watch the games. So he's a better perimeter shooter coming into the league than Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade, um, better at attacking the basket. Both have tremendous athleticism. So I think there's some sim- uh, similarities in that uh, in that way. In terms of the... Um, Looking forward, I think that one of the things about about him. What was the other part that you said that, that Colin said about about Dwayne well, Wade said, outside of the the actual the physical? Yeah, comps? nutrition, nutrition training oh, nutrition, standards yes. are better than twenty years ago. Yeah, so that's, that that's, that's which true. is true. But that yeah. is, I've talked to coaches, I've talked to scouts, and I've talked to general managers. That's the last thing to come with any professional athlete for the most part. And I asked that specifically earlier this season about Anthony Edwards. Could you if you look at Anthony Edwards, you can see physically how gifted he is, right? The kid is he's big, he's, you know, very muscular frame, super yep. athletic, but he eats like crap right now. He does. And and that I I've checked in with people. He doesn't like even in the uh, the press conference settings, he's eating Popeye's chicken or he's eating McDonald's stuff like. They say that that's the last part to come <laughs> oh, with no. professional athletes. They figure out in their maybe like fourth or fifth season, um, specifically in the NBA or, or maybe even a little bit earlier, that you just can't get away with that. To be great, you got to cut out the uh, the bad meals. You got to get more into taking care of your body if you want to have longevity in the NBA and you want to win. So that part's going to come. The workout regiment type stuff, that's clearly going to come. It's year two of Anthony Edwards. If he gets on that side of things and starts to really more lean out so, because I was talking to Ryan Tanky, who's the uh, COO of the Minnesota Timberwolves, earlier in the year, and he said, man, to be honest with you, Anthony Edwards still has some baby fat on him, which is true. 
Wow. Hey, uh, Henry, don't don't go dissing those Popeye's chicken sandwiches. I think they are the best chicken sandwiches on earth. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, and, no, and, I know. I, th- th- an occasional I mean, they're, they're, they're Not every day. They're, they're, they're not as good as they're not as good as Shaletta claims that they are. They're they're really good. I, I'm more of a you know Chick Fil A is kind of a little bit tastier really? in my opinion. Oh, no. But but the, no. but the but the bottom line no. is is look no. with his metabolism he can get away with that right now. You and I can't, yeah. Paul. Oh, <laughs> be tracking me on Doppler. I know if I if I had a Popeye's chicken sandwich. Or maybe night. I should just speak for myself. I can't get away with it. I can't either. No, you can do that when you're in your 20s uh, and go for it. Hey, Henry, we'll be tuned in after the Wolves game to get your perspective. Hopefully a good night for the Wolves and their fans. And sure appreciate you hopping on with us. All right. I appreciate it. I'll try to heat it up for you. Okay. Give me a few weeks. Trust me. I'm a weatherman. It's got to get better here. Hey, when we come back, uh, Jimmy Fallon makes us laugh. And what may be the worst fear any camper can ever encounter when we come back on CCO. Today, Elon Musk bought Twitter for $44 billion. Yep, he now owns SpaceX and Twitter. It's like Musk is thinking, I've seen the heavens, now on to hell. Twitter's an odd thing to buy, you know, it's, it's like buying YouTube and saying, forget the videos, I'm just here for the mean comments. <laughs> That's right, the richest man in the world bought Twitter. Right now, Bernie Sanders is so mad he just turned into the Hulk. <laughs> uh, yeah, Musk has said that he's pro-free speech, so a lot of people think that he'll let former President Trump back on the platform. Yeah, not exactly what we meant when we asked for a return to pre-pandemic vibes, but... Uh, <laughs> Oh, Jimmy, 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 Jimmy Fallon. Hey, um, I'm, I'm assuming you've used your fair share of latrines. You're a big outdoor guy, camping, you're outside. Sure, yeah. Have you ever dropped anything into a latrine? Ooh, um, no, no, I, I don't think I have. I've heard enough horror stories I have not. Oh. Well, I'm going to add to your horse. Okay, go ahead. But this this has a happy ending, and this is it happened one to tough you? woman. No, no. <laughs> it happened to some woman out in Washington State. Okay. She was rescued by two fire crews Oof. after she fell headfirst uh, into a latrine while trying to retrieve her cell phone at a park mm. on the Olympic Peninsula in yeah. Washington State. Yeah, okay. Headfirst. Yep. Uh, the woman in her mid-40s was using an outhouse at Mount Walker, a popular destination for hikers. Okay. So, and, you know, she, well, she did all the right things the wrong way. After dropping her phone in the toilet, this woman took apart the seat and the housing of the toilet in an attempt to reach her phone, according to the fire department. She used a dog leash to try to fish it out before using it to support herself as she tried to grab the phone. But the attempt failed. She slid headfirst into the toilet. Fortunately, after 20 minutes inside (sighs) the latrine, she was able to find and use her phone to call 911. (laughs) (laughs) The the phone that (laughs) fell in earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The phone that fell in. (laughs) This is a really bad iPhone commercial. Yeah. Crews from the local fire rescue reported to the scene and pulled her to safety. Uh. According to the fire department, the uninjured woman 
was washed down and given a Tyvek suit to wear. But listen to this. She declined any further medical treatment and continued on her way, continuing her hike. Yeah, you got to push through. You got to make it. Yeah, okay. But, I mean, head first, down there, squishing around for 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, wait, you said it was 20 minutes before she even placed the call, so then she still had to wait for them to show up. Yeah, it took her 20 minutes to be able to find her phone, and then she had to wait for Uh, the fire rescue to show up. Now, okay, uh, so what what would you do, Paul Douglas, if you were in that situation and the phone slips out of your pocket? I mean, do you just... You know, it might be a $800 phone or whatever. I don't know what you have, but do, do you make an attempt to rescue it? Do you just walk away? What do you do? No. I I paid for the Apple Care for my stupid <laughs> oh, <sure>. iPhone. Okay. <laughs> and at that point, you just uh, call Apple and say it's That's it's a what loss. insurance is for. It look, if I would probably try to fish it out too. Yeah. But at some point you get to a point where you just can't reach it or you don't want to risk it. I, I know, no, but I, you, you think you're before that point until the moment you're not. Well, what's amazing, she tried to take apart the seat, right? <laughs> and why would you yeah, like take the seat out thinking that would give her more leverage? And then she probably doesn't have a flashlight, right? I mean, people use their phone as a flashlight. Yep. I doubt she had a flashlight to find this stupid thing. Ugh. Anyway. All right. Hey, it's a free country. You have the freedom to go head first into a latrine looking for your phone. Thanks for coming along for the ride. We'll try it again tomorrow. Be safe and have a great Tuesday evening. Thanks for I joining us. I barely even missed Georgia. Jordana who? Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.